0: Hear now this reading from the first epistle of Timothy, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Listen now for a word from our Lord. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and all who are in high positions, so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity. This is right and acceptable in the sight of God our savior who desires everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I have a friend who goes regularly to a float spa and if you don't know what a float spa is, friends don't feel bad, you're not alone. From what I can tell, a float spa is a storefront full of these tanks, you know, sort of just these, these sensory, like, deprivation tanks. And people pay to go in there and enter into a big tank of water where they float around in the dark for an hour or two. Now, I am a little bit claustrophobic, So that doesn't sound especially relaxing to me, but my friend says that the float spa is very popular, that there are quite a few people who are willing to pay for a little peace and quiet, she says. Well, I think it is true that there are a lot of folks searching for peace these days. It's hard to know peace when the bank account is low or the car won't start or... We're worried about our job or the kids aren't doing well in school. It's hard to know peace when we're not feeling well. Our health is poor or worse, we receive a diagnosis like cancer or when our relationships feel broken or our marriage is on the rocks. It's hard to know peace when the political environment in our country is so toxic that many people feel they can't talk to their neighbor, and in some cases, even their own family members. And it's hard to know peace when there is so much war and terror and violence in the world. No wonder there are folks willing to crawl into a tank for a couple of hours trying to find a little peace and quiet. But no offense to the folks who came up with the spa idea, I think we want more than a float Spock can offer us. Friends, what we really want, what we long for, is to live in peace, to dwell in peace, to live what the writer of 1 Timothy calls a quiet and peaceable life. Friends, given the realities of our world, given the realities of our lives, how can we live a peaceable life? Well, I think a first step is making peace with ourselves. That's where peace begins, you know. It begins in our own hearts. It's amazing how many people are at war with themselves and then wonder why they do not know peace. So many of us are not at peace with our own thoughts or with our past, with our humanness, with our mistakes, with our shortcomings, with the way we're living our lives. It doesn't matter what our external circumstances are. If we are not at peace in here, we cannot live a peaceable life. Now, sometimes folks try to run. They'll run far, far away, or they'll try to run and hide, or they'll make some radical change in circumstances, trying to find that peace. But wherever you go, there you are. Do you know what I mean? Wherever you go, there you are. That's why the old hymn says, Lord, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. This is why Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. Friends, the peaceable life does not begin out here. It starts in here. In the classic Christmas movie Home Alone, which incidentally begins its annual TV marathon over Thanksgiving, there's a little boy named Kevin who accidentally gets left behind home alone when his family jets off to Europe for the Christmas holiday. Now, he hasn't been getting along with his family, they've been arguing he's gotten into some trouble, got sent to his room. So when he first discovers that they've disappeared, he's actually not sad. Do y'all remember that? He's not really sad. In his words, he gets to eat junk and watch rubbish on TV while they're gone. But after a while, he begins to feel remorseful and sad and lonely. So in a pivotal scene in the movie, he goes to church. Y'all remember that part? He goes to church and he runs into a neighbor, an elderly gentleman, who's been having some family issues of his own. The neighbor says to Kevin, have you been a good boy this year? And Kevin says, yes. Swear to it, says the neighbor. No, says Kevin. I thought so, says the neighbor. Well, this is the place to come when you're feeling bad about yourself. Friends, there's some wisdom in that. It is good to be in a place where we can draw close to God when we're feeling bad about things, when we need forgiveness, when we need healing, we need a fresh start, when we're looking for peace for our troubled souls. For as St. Augustine said, our hearts are restless, O God, until they find their rest in Thee. My colleague... The late James W. Moore, who was a wonderful preacher, used to tell a story about a little boy in his church that went running down the hall after Sunday school, one Sunday carrying a pottery tray. He had made it for his mother. It was to be a gift. He'd spent several weeks working on it. He was so excited to give it to her that he wanted to run the meter on the way. But in his excitement, he tripped and fell, and the tray crashed to the floor and broke into several pieces. And then he sat down on the floor and began to just sob. He was just inconsolable. Well, his mother came running, and she kneeled down beside him and put her arm around him and dried his tears. And she said, Well, now, I think this is fixable. Let me help you pick up the pieces and we'll take it home and see what we can make of it. And then the little boy hugged his mother, and he smiled. My friends, so many of us are not at peace because we feel the world is a broken place. We experience brokenness in our lives. It's like our lives are in fragments. But I promise you, if you will but ask, Jesus will come to you and put an arm around you and he will say, well now, I think this is fixable. Let me help you pick up the pieces and we'll see what we can make of it. Do you want to know a peaceable life, friends? Do you really? Then you can start today, you know. You can start right now. You can start in this beautiful place by opening your heart to God and asking for what you need. Grace, love and forgiveness, healing, hope. And friends, as you make peace with God, I promise you will make peace with yourself. And step two to peace, well, you're already on your way there because you are here this morning. You see, the peace referenced in our text, the peace that the early Christians sought was peace to practice their religion, the quiet of worship, the quiet of prayer. For centuries, Christians have known that the peaceable life is intimately intertwined with community, with Christ's body, the church. And I think that is so obvious in our text this morning from 1st Timothy. First of all then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone. For kings and all who are in high positions, so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity. Friends, the peaceable life is not lived in isolation, Sometimes I know the sensory deprivation tank sounds like a great idea, but the reality is that it is only in community that the seed of peace God plants in each one of our hearts comes to full bloom. You know, when I was appointed to this church about 18 months ago, I can hardly believe it's been that long, can (laughs) y'all? 18 months ago. I had a fascinating conversation with a colleague of mine from Dallas that wasn't familiar with Terrytown. He said to me, given the age of the church, I assume you've got pews in there. And I said, yes, there are pews. And he said, that's a shame. Pews are just not very versatile. You know, they don't give you much flexibility. Chairs are better. Now, friends... I think chairs are fine. Please do not email me this afternoon saying that I am prejudiced against chairs. (laughs) Chairs are great, but I will confess to you that I am partial to pews and not just because I grew up sitting in them. I'm partial to pews because I think pews are truly a Christian piece of furniture. They make a theological statement. You see, we share pews. They're communal seating. When you're in a pew, ideally, you are not alone. You are sharing space with a brother or sister in Christ. That person is going to get up and hand the offering plate to you when it comes time to give your gift or And a hymnal to you, if you don't have one, or better yet, share a hymnal with you while you're singing. Yes, I still love the books, I'll admit it, I do. When you're sitting in a pew, you are sitting with your fellow worker in the kingdom, your fellow minister, your friend. And I think this might be one of the greatest gifts of corporate worship, is this reinforcement of community. Each time we gather together, we're reminded we are not alone. We have God and we have one another. And as we practice our religion, as we live into the traditions of our faith, as we worship together, week after week, season after season, year after year, our lives unfolding in community together, peace grows. Peace grows. And that peace is a foundation for our lives. And friends, I think it's also a foundation for the world. Do you see that this is how we can know a peaceable life? First, we we make peace with God, which means we make peace with ourselves. And second, we continue to live into the community of faith, the community of peace, by practicing our faith together, living into our Christian morals and values and praying continually that not only will we be instruments of peace, but others in the world will join us in that effort. My friends, now more than ever perhaps, I pray that all of us take time regularly to worship God with our heart and mind and soul and strength like our lives depend upon it because they do. And I also pray that each one of us will continuously seek to be an agent of peace and justice in this world because Jesus calls us to live that way. And I trust that this week as you gather at your Thanksgiving tables, that you will give thanks for the Prince of Peace, God's greatest gift to us, who brings us the peace that surpasses all understanding and the peace that is busy transforming this world. And I ask you as well to to pray for all those people around the world who long for peace and even for those who seek to use terror and hatred and violence to rob others of peace, that they will repent and they will become peacemakers themselves. Lord, let there be peace on earth. Lord, let us all live a peaceable life. Will you pray with me? Holy God, we give you thanks for your peace that surpasses all understanding. We ask, oh God, that we would be given the courage to open our hearts to you, to ask for the peace that we need and then to embody it to the world. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.